You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm your host this morning, Mark Holcraft, here in the Fargo studio. And we're talking about the pro-life movement. Um, we're talking about a lot of things. Pro-life movement, but if you just... Just listen to our last segment where actually I was talking with Heather Caro. She is our program director and we're discussing the blessings of 2021 and then how often when you reflect, it kind of acts as a catalyst to have you also look ahead and what are you excited about coming up. Um, and what I'm excited about coming up right now is our next guest. And that is Roxanne Solonen. might recognize her name. Good morning, Roxanne. Good morning. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm very good. Um, uh, I'm not used to being interviewed from outside of the studio, but it, but I'm in Bismarck visiting my mom, and and I'm looking out the window at the Capitol right now. She lives in a high-rise that used to belong to my grandma, and I wanted to mention my grandma because she died um, six years ago, December 28th, and um, she was 101 years old, and as I'm sitting here in her bedroom right now, I just thought I would throw a shout-out there to my grandma and ask for prayers for the uh, the repose of her soul, you know, the, that she would um, be welcomed by God into his beatific vision. And it's just something that was on my heart this morning as I'm sitting in this space thinking about her. So thanks for letting me take up a, a few minutes to talk about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're talking, you know, I was, I'm used to saying we're talking all things pro-life, but that's really quite the broad topic. And what we're sp- specifically sharing and discussing this morning is the church's response, you know, in to abortion and how we stand as a witness for life uh, Mm -hmm. in opposition to abortion, you know? Um, And so earlier this morning, we had some students and a teacher from Shanley High School who were with us. And it was awesome hearing them talk about uh, with just enthusiasm and they were getting fired up as far as what they're doing to stand up for life uh, in just the different ways, not least of which going to the March for Life in DC, as well as the March for Life where you are in Bismarck. Um, right. I was, I was, I, I shared earlier for those who might recognize your voice because usually you're on, not only are you in studio, but you're where I am, right? You're usually co-hosting right. with, with one of us to, to hear it. So I'm excited to actually have you as a guest because, uh, well, it's not only a different perspective, but you get a chance to really talk more. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, and I'm excited because I know you've, you've had a blog going for a while and, and one of those particular themes that you'd like to write about is not only standing up for life, but stories from the sidewalk, right? Right. And, right, right. Yeah. and you, you also write within the diocesan paper here in Fargo. Um, so can you just, can you share a little bit more? So what is stories from the sidewalk? How did that get started for you? And when did that start for you? So I started getting more active in the pro-life ministry after going to the March for Life in 2013. It was my first chance to go there. I went with the Shanley group, so that kind of ties into your earlier interview, but I um, was very, my heart was already there and growing, and um, just being with all those kids on that pilgrimage and just going deeper into it, my my bus buddy, Anne Rotunda, and I came back and just felt like we wanted to do more than, you know, we didn't want to leave the experience on the bus or back in Washington, D.C. We wanted to actually put our put our thoughts into action, and so we made a commitment to to go down and, and start praying down there regularly at, at the Fargo 
uh, abortion facility, the Red River Women's Clinic, which normally today, uh, along with sometimes being in studio, I would, would be actually down there praying with my friends who are uh, sidewalk advocates. And so, uh, so I've been doing that since regularly. I had done it a few times also with, with my Shanley kids that when they were going to Shanley, there was a time where they were allowing their service projects to be uh, counted as um, they could pray downtown and be, be, uh, get some service project hours. So yeah. that's, that was my first experience with, was with my kids. Um, but later it became something. And, you know, Mark, uh, I really, at the time I, had, I was doing a lot of writing. I was writing for the forum. I was writing for New Earth in, in different capacities. And I really went down there with the thought that I needed to do more than write. I wanted to do something with action. I was feeling depleted in that area. There's only so much you can do as far as talking about things, and that's a wonderful gift that God has given me, and I appreciate that so much, and I want to use that charism to draw people to Him. But I just felt like I I needed to do something, take an action that wasn't just writing, but my physical body being somewhere doing something quietly and not even, you know, writing about it, actually. So when I went down there in 2013... To start that, um, I, I was not planning on writing about it. <laughs> I, I, I was planning on just being a kind of a silent, quiet witness, and and that was good. But as I continued doing that, I there were just so many things happening around me that were striking me, and I I just thought I wish more people could see what's happening. There were so many so many encounters and just insights that I was having. And I suddenly was feeling like maybe God was calling me to write about it after all. And so (laughs) I, I started just doing it on my blog. And and then finally, at some point um, I approached Paul Brown and said, you know, there's a lot of stories happening down here. And I feel like people should know about them because it, you know, people just drive by and, and that's, you don't see it. You don't see the encounters and there's just so much. It's just such a, Power, spiritually powerful corner of our city and of our of our state. So that's how it started. And he said, "Yeah, let's do it." So um, I've been. That was I can't remember the year now. I think I'm on year five or six. Um, but it, it's uh, it's interesting what God puts in my lap. Um, almost every time I'm there, there's there's something something to take from from the stories that that He has given me, really, um, and and the encounters there. Absolutely. So, so that's the beginning of stories from the sidewalk. Yeah, uh, it yeah. Start, it started. started oh, please go ahead. Sorry. Started for, yeah, started for me just wanting to stand on the sidewalk and pray, and then just evolved from there. So, yeah, and I and the first year I didn't hear from a lot of people about it. It was kind of just something I think people were getting used to. But now I, I hear a lot from people. I hear a lot of feedback, and, and I think people are really appreciative because not everyone can be down there. On Wednesday, some people don't live in Fargo, and uh, you know, other people have different seasons in life where they just can't be there, even if their heart might be there. So that's a way of bringing the sidewalk to others. Well, and so your story is one example of many that I think is so important to share. You know, a lot of people will ask, you know, okay, that's great, you stand up for life, but why do you need to have this big event? Why do you need to go to Washington D.C.? Why do you need to go away? to stand up for these particular things, to stand up for a great cause. And, and what I find, Roxanne, is you know, sometimes the, these large events, you know, this rally, this march, if it's a conference, if it's a convention, when you bring like-minded people together and they pray together, 
this becomes this place becomes kind of ground zero in the sense of just this epicenter of grace where literally the holy spirit is going to provide a spiritual earthquake a spiritual awakening not just for those there so that when they go back to their home uh the holy spirit stirs in the hearts i mean the march for life it's not just an event for young people you know we we've been blessed to discuss that with some of our guests this morning um, but there are people from all walks of life, Catholic, Christian, non-Christian. Um, they're, they're coming together, and the Holy Spirit moves. It does seem the Catholic Church is the perennial witness there. Um, but it's not just the Catholics that are there, but the grace that occurs when you share in this, and then you're praying for the same cause. They stand up for something that is so fundamental as life. And of course, those things are not going to go without its challenges, huh? Roxane, would you mind just sharing what have been some of the challenges? So you come back, you're regular praying in front of the abortion facility here in Fargo. It's the only abortion facility in the state of North Dakota. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you have faced uh, being on the sidewalk praying in front of it? I'm going to step back real quick and then I'll, sure. and then I'll answer that question. But when you, were, when you were talking about the March for Life, I, I remembered a moment because I've gone to several um, March for Life as a chaperone for, for my Shanley kids. And one year I was there, and I ended up having a separate, um, there, there was a meeting that I was supposed to go to, and so I ended up getting, was separated purposely from the group. But the intention was to catch up with them at the start of the march. So anyway, I was on the outside, I was on the periphery of where everyone is gathered near the Capitol. And, and I kind of was, I had lost my way a little bit and was trying to find, like, how to get back in. And um, there, there were people there, and I was trying to explain, like, I, I need to get back to the March for Life, and how do I get in? The people on the periphery had no idea it was even happening. It was so... Really? I, I don't know. That just struck me. So when you're talking about being a witness, it's like, it's almost like a microcosm of the world. Like, we're all gathered, and we're, like, full of life, and there's so much energy, and it's so exciting. There's so many people, and we're all brothers and sisters, right? We're all moving towards the same goal, which is heaven, ultimately, but for this cause of life. Like, we worship the God of life. Like, what could be a, any better cause than that? But on the outside, the world was still humming along and oblivious to what was happening. And so it just, to me, it just strikes me so much. And we can't obviously let that deter us at all. But it just was shocking to me that the, the, it, we really weren't that far from the actual site, but there's kind of a, a hill, and so you couldn't see you know, the, the throngs of people. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I just had to mention that because it's, it's so indicative of, of the world, you know, um, kind of just ig ignoring this, this light that's shining just right over the hill. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's so interesting, Roxanne, because that, that's the nature too of busyness and maybe too much happening, you know, in DC, let's face it, not unusual that there is a large number of people somewhere around the mall, somewhere near the Washington monument, the Capitol, the Pentagon, if not touring, that, you know, there's constant, you know, we don't hear about it much, but there really are, there's constantly some form of a rally or a group coming together uh, at DC, right? And so now this mm -hmm. happens to be particular because, you know, there's anywhere from a half million to a million or more people, depending on the weather, you know? Right. So, Roxanne, we, we actually need to jump to a break, but when we come back, sure. I would love to hear from you. What, so what are some of those challenges? Because you saw the challenge in DC, I'd be curious, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered here more locally? So stay with us. We're talking to Roxanne Solonen, and she'll, she will continue with what she experiences in praying in front of the abortion facility when we come back. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. You know, one of the things for me, the, the, this concept of making holy the day, you know, not just one moment, but the whole day. And, you know, as, as a member of the clergy, we pray the liturgy of the hours, um, you know, throughout the day, various times of the day. And for me, that is, that's kind of what's grounded my day in always being there, turning to God. But when you're, you know, when you're at work, when you're driving in your car, there's a lot of a lot of things you can listen to, a lot of voices that can be out in the world talking to you, and putting on Real Presence Radio and, and having you know that that presence there um, is a great way to make holy the day. Even those little voices that just keep us thinking about God all day long. Not only does it connect us more with our Lord, but it makes those little struggles that you deal with on an everyday basis so much easier to deal with. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I get to join you as your host. This is Mark Holcraft. I'm talking to Roxanne Solonen. Uh, you might know her because she is also one of our regular hosts for Real Presence Live. But she's joining us this time from Bismarck. Um, and, and she was, I had just asked her before the break, what were some of the challenges that you encounter when praying in front of the abortion facility here in Fargo? And this has kind of been our theme this morning, and in particular discussing uh, how we can stand as a, as a witness to truth and beauty and gentleness in regards to uh, abortion. And so, uh, Roxanne, can you uh, jump in? And, and what are some of those challenges you've experienced when you've gone to pray? Because you're regular praying there. Mm-hmm. Before I go into the challenges, I'm going to jump forward to that any obstacle you might perceive in thinking about or praying about possibly being on the sidewalk and praying and joining us, if that's something that's been on your heart, any obstacle will be overcome by God, by God's Spirit. And so um, anything that I talk about as an obstacle is not is not too daunting for God. So I, I, I needed to get that out there. Yes, I think yes. a lot of people, like, it's a very volatile subject, right? I mean, Especially right now. Presence, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, any any time. And, I, I mean, our presence alone is a volatile action. Just standing there 
is is cause for you know tension and disruption because there is a spiritual battle that's happening. It's invisible, and and you can feel it when you're there. And I know that might intimidate people. Um, number one, we have a group of of advocates that that we are friends with, that that we are in communion with, um, just like the the escorts that bring women into the the facility do. Um, there's like two different little communities that are gathered. So. I would never recommend going there alone if you were to think about joining us, which I hope you will if you're able to. Um, but, it, it, you know, you're never alone, and God is always there, and He provides. So back to the obstacles, you know, I think one of the things, there's different. The longer I've been there, the more I've grown, the more I've kind of been able to know my place, um, what to say, what not to say, when to say it, when to be quiet. And even in that, there's no perfect way, right? I mean, because every day, every Wednesday is, is going to be different, and we don't know. We don't know. It's a surprise every single time. You don't know what you're going to see. There's a lot of emotion. Um, sometimes women will be crying. Sometimes women will be very angry. You might be yelled at. You might be cursed at. Sometimes the fathers are there cursing. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of physical uh shoving a little bit at times when we're trying to reach out to the women and the escorts are pushing us away or have their umbrellas out trying to create a space between us and, and the women going in. Really what what we simply want is to give them information, to give them actually more choice. You know, we're, we're, we're um, labeled as being people that are taking away choice, and in fact, we're actually wanting to expand the choice. We want to give women, and we know it's a last-ditch effort by the time they're there. We understand that. We understand the situations are complicated. We understand the, the culture that's surrounding them in, in, in saying, go do this. This will free you. This will give you, you know, your freedom back or whatever. Uh, so we know what we're up against. We're up against the world, <laughs> right? And that's a lot. But the thing is, is we have God with us. And again, so I just want to highlight that part of it. Um there's there's no perfect way to stand on the sidewalk and pray. Um, in in my little world, I, I have my prayer partner. She tends to be my prayer warrior behind me as I'm hopefully reaching out to the women as they're either going in or coming out of the facility. So you know, it depends on what God has placed on our heart and what our gifts are, what as as to what we do there. But you can just go and stand and pray if you're uncomfortable with reaching out. You don't have to. Not everyone has to be reaching out to the women. In fact, it would be hard to um, for them to hear if, if everyone was, was saying something. So there's different roles that we play. And of course, yes, if you can't come down, you can pray and sacrifice from your home, wherever you are. And I, and I would encourage people to do that, even as a starting point, if you're thinking about maybe joining us, because this is an effort that it's life-changing, it's life-transforming, it's soul-growing. I just I have learned so much and grown so much in my faith from being on the sidewalk. God has shown me His provisions, and you know, even when we feel like we've failed, quote unquote, and there wasn't a save, there hasn't been a save for a while. We're feeling a little blue about that, but then all of a sudden it happens, and, and God opens the, the way for it to happen, and. Right now, it's been a kind of a quiet time in that regard, but we always have hope. And, Mark, the other thing is we don't know what's happening inside people's hearts. Yeah, we don't exactly. know what, how God works invisibly, and we have to trust in that. And that's where my faith has grown, because initially I think I felt like, oh, I wish I was doing more. I wish more was happening. I haven't, you know, for a long time I hadn't witnessed the save, even though I knew it had happened. But 
you know what? God allowed me to see that in his time, and he he does the work. We're just there standing there to fill in the gap, and, well, and that's important. And Roxanne, I, I, I agree with your sentiment, I, truly, and, and it is important. Um, and I think it's important worth noting, and I this is a, a quote, and I might get it a little bit off, but in general from Mother Teresa, when asked, um, well, I, she, she wasn't asked. I think she was just in sharing she just reminded us that we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. Uh, and then mm-hmm. she went on to say just the importance of faithfulness and obedience. And I think because when we, when we pull out the word success, that often that, that raises an image for us that we get to see the fruits of our labor, if you will. We get to see how did it go. You know, it's got to be measurable. How can you tell that yeah. that was well done? How can you tell that was successful? Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to measure it. And as a, as a matter of faith, there are so many things in regards to matters of faith that it's only known to God. But I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged and I experience a consolation from the Lord to know like, okay, yes, we want to do everything the, to the best of our ability because the, the gifts that God has given us, but we're not necessarily called to be successful as much as we are called to be faithful. And then in that faith, we just trust that whatever, whatever we might conceive as success the Lord has, you know, and that's when I hear you talking about some of the challenges, I think it's phenomenal that you feel the Lord's giving you that gift that, you know, if the Lord's giving you a word that you might reach out and say something to that young woman or the young man who might be accompanying uh, these people. And it's not always a young person, right? That's going in well, to the abortion facility. And another thing, another thing and, I, and, and it all comes back to life, but so many encounters are with people that aren't even going into the facility. You know, this, this right. corner it's the of walk bys, the, are, the bystanders. Yeah. Yeah. This is a place that's ripe for evangelization, you know, of showing the face of Christ, of standing there in Christ's stead and, and while well, he's with us. But um, so, so it might be a homeless person. We've had, you know, exchanges with them. And, and I would tell you that. Many, many times, I would say 90-some percent of the time, they, they are pro-life, and they're very clearly pro-life. And I have learned a lot from what they have shared with me, and I've shared some of that in Sidewalk Stories. It's been amazing how God has worked through people, the humble people that, that are on the sidewalks, and even in the people that are angry, because, you know what, we know that their conscience, their consciences have been provoked. And so right. there's something going on there, and that right there tells us the reality of it. Absolutely. So that, those are, yeah. So, sorry, Roxanne, I, I'm just recalling. So, because earlier, I think it was over the break, you were just sharing how, how certainly becoming a mother has certainly just reaffirmed and confirmed in new ways the conviction you have, not only in being pro-life, but when you go and pray in front of the abortion facility. But you had shared something in regards to before you were a mother, you had an experience that just really also uh, kind of ignited a fire in the pro-life. Can you share about that? Yeah, one one little thing too. I I I haven't I haven't experienced abortion, thankfully, but but I have experienced miscarriage, and and so that was something that drew me further into because I that baby was, is so real to me and is, and I look forward to meeting him someday. And that even though I haven't experienced abortion, I have experienced the loss of a child that has drawn me closer in. But even before I had children. My husband and I, after we, we met at Moorhead State, Minnesota State University across the river there, and then we ended up moving to Washington State and worked for a couple newspapers out there. And uh, 
I had a good friend that wasn't Catholic, but um, she'd been married before and was um, newly divorced and single. And she'd shared with me that one of the reasons that they had parted ways was that she wanted to be a mom and her former husband wasn't interested in, in parenting. So I knew that about her. And then she met a, a guy that um, they they became significant others to each other. And uh, she came to me one day and at work and said that she thought she might be pregnant and could I could she come to my house for lunch and take a pregnancy test she was nervous and anxious and and so in our our little house that we rented out there um when we were newly married uh, she came over for lunch and, and I was with her when she found out that she was pregnant and she was worried that her boyfriend wouldn't be open to to that life but she was con- convicted that she was going to keep it no matter what and we hugged and we cried and the next day we went on a walk and she told me she was taking prenatal vitamins. However, she ended up aborting that child. Um, and it was shocking to me and I wasn't involved in pro-life at all. Um, in fact, I had just found out I was pregnant with our first child. And it was interesting because she became very attached to my pregnancy and wanted to be there when, when our child was born. And, um, it's just something that I, I've kind of tucked away, but I think it was a defining moment in my soul where God was calling me out to really take a look at this. And, you know, t- the contrast of my friend having aborted her child that I was actually celebrating with her, and then my own child being born and her wanting to be attached to that child, um, it, it's just something that has always informed my soul, too, of the contrast of life and death. and. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's something that I realized was forming me even before I realized I was being formed, if that makes sense. It totally does. I mean, just to, you were literally encountering a stark contrast and you were living in the contrast. And thanks be to God mm-hmm. for you. Uh, you were on the, the side of contrast you were on was for life. But gosh, is it just, it sits <laughs> right in front of us. And you mentioned it earlier, uh, Roxanne, the, the spiritual battle and the spiritual warfare. And then those moments in life when almost, it's almost right in front of you that you're seeing uh, an embodiment of a, a deeper spiritual warfare that is unseen, you know? And it, it is, when you see it right in front of you, it, it's amazing. It's surreal. Roxanne, we have to come to an end of our time and it's gone by mm-hmm. so fast. Thank you for joining yeah. us. Thanks for calling in. Um, and I look forward to whether I could do, if I get to co-host with you again or the next time that you're with us in the Fargo studio. God bless you. Absolutely. God bless you all. Take care. Stay with us as we will continue with Real Presence Live. Um, we'll be joined by Ed Kaneska, a campus minister at University of Mary, and we continue talking the pro-life movement. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.